Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for His church. Now, here's today's sermon. We're going to continue in 1 John this morning, so go ahead and turn there. I'll be honest, I was a little worried that I wouldn't be uh, preaching to anybody today, my message that I prepared, so... um, and uh, But I've been proven wrong, and I, I thank you for that, because this is one that I've been so excited to preach. Uh, it, this is one of my absolute favorite passages in all of Scripture. And so I've been looking forward to today, and then whenever the snow came, I was like, oh man, no one's going to hear my thoughts on one of my favorite passages. I, uh, I told Pastor Trent whenever uh, I was getting ready to go on vacation, I said, hey look, and he told you last week that I gave him kind of an option. Do you want to preach on the Antichrist or on abiding in Christ? And uh, he answered that, I think, too quickly. But um, I said, well, fine. If I'm preaching on the Antichrist, then I get to preach on 1 John 3, 1 through 3. And so uh, here we are today. Today's uh, message title um, is Adopted by a Loving Father. Adopted by a Loving Father. Let me read the text, and we will walk through it this morning. This is what the Word of God says. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. That's the Word of God. When my family decided to become a foster family, that we would bring in foster kids, this is when I was 13 years old, we had a big family meeting And I remember exactly where I was sitting in the living room. I remember this meeting like it was not long ago at all, even though it was 15 plus years ago. And I was sitting, I know exactly where I was sitting, and my mom and dad said, we need everybody on board if we're going to be a foster family and bring in people into this family. And that's because they knew that opening your house takes incredible sacrifice and selflessness to share your space it takes incredible love and patience because with a person you're bringing baggage with that person and it takes a lot of patience when you're not used to what they've gone through and but that's, that's the name of the game when it comes to adoption. And so it's no wonder that God chooses that to be the picture of how He describes the way He loves you and me. He says, I've adopted you. I've brought you into my family. I've had to sacrifice and I've had to be incredibly patient with you. I have made you my children. It's a incredible picture adoption is of the way that God loves us. And so 
I want to walk through these three verses, and if you're a note taker, an outliner, like, like I am, and I appreciate it when pastors do this, um, let me kind of give you the general outline. In this text, we're going to see an exclamation, because I'm a good Baptist, they all end in Asian. An exclamation, an observation, two implications, and some application. Let's start with the exclamation that John starts with in John, 1 John 3, 1. He says, see what kind of love the Father has given us. He exclaims it. He's excited about it. You see, God's love, God's love is unusual to us. You could even say that God's love, the way that He shows His love, is foreign to us. You could say that it's His love is unnatural to you and I. And that's why he, he uses that phrase there, what kind. See what kind of love. That Literally, if you were to translate that just straight out of what the Greek is saying and the way that Paul wrote it in Greek, it actually, what kind, can literally translate from what tribe is that from? From what tribe did that come from? I've never seen that kind before. It's unusual. It's foreign. It's unnatural to what we're used to. The kind of love that the Father has. We've actually seen that phrase other places in Scripture. I'll give you two just to give you an idea of what Paul is talking about or John is talking about here. We see this same phrase, what kind or what tribe. When Mary is met with, by the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel goes to tell her this news that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah even though she's never been with a man before, she's pregnant. Interesting message to receive from an angel of the Lord nonetheless. And we actually see in Luke 1.29, Luke says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying. And she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. It's the same phrase. It's coming from an angel, not from this planet. Not from this world. Not from this realm. And she says, what kind of greeting am I receiving right now? We also see the same phrase in Matthew chapter 8. You might know the story when Jesus is woken up on the, on the boat when the storm is happening and he calms the seas. And we read in Matthew eight twenty seven, and the men marveled saying, what kind or what sort of man is this? that even the winds and the waves would obey Him. Do you see that? Jesus and, and Gabriel are foreign to us. They, they're unnatural. They're, they're not of this world. That's probably a fitting phrase that you and I might use with what John's saying here. It's like, that's not from this world. That's out of this world. And that's what John says about God's love. See what kind of love God has. It's not of this world. And so John makes an exclamation of it. He says, wow, look at that. Look at that. I guess to give you an analogy, you ever seen a shooting star before? Show of hands. Anyone seen it? Yeah. 
or maybe like a meteor shower, just like a bunch of them going across the sky. It's not of this world, right? It's from outer space. And when we do, we're, oh, hey, look, whoa. And we're hitting our buddies and saying, look up at this guy, look at that. I mean, that's what John is doing. It's not from this world. Look at the love of God. God's expression of love is, it's unlike any love that you've ever felt for another person before or you've ever received from another person before. Without God, we wouldn't know this degree of love. So he exclaims it. See what love the Father has given us. And after that exclamation, we see an observation because not only do we just know about God's love, but we can actually see God's love. We can observe God's love. So see what kind of love the Father has given us. See it. Look at it. That we should be called the children of God. So we are. That's his observation. You know, I... I need to say, God's love is not theoretical or uh, it's not hypothetical. And I think especially if you've gone through a lot in your life, maybe even particularly right now you're going through a lot and you're grieving and you're hurting and you're confused about why God would do what He's doing We can sometimes think that God's love is a concept, but not real life. God's love can be talked about, but not always felt or shown. And John says, no, 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 no. The love of God is not just theoretical and conceptual, just talked about, but it's observable and real and tangible. See God's love at work actively. And He shows us His love by, by bringing us into His family. Not as slaves that He would tolerate, but as children that He loves. That's essential. Not as slaves He tolerates, but as children He loves. And I think in this world where inclusivity is an idol, it needs to be said that while everyone who lives on this planet has been created by God, not everybody is a child of God. John makes this point emphatically. Everyone who lives has been indeed, no doubt, created by God. You can see that in John chapter 1. Same author, different book. He says, all things were made through him. Without him was not anything made. So, you've, regardless of your relationship with God this morning, you've been created by God. You have a creator. But no one is naturally what the Bible would call his child. In fact, Paul would say that we are naturally children of wrath. And it's only through God's kind act of adopting you, changing your parents, that now you are a child of God. 
If we just stayed in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and dropped down a few verses, you can see in John 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who did receive him, that's Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Naturally, children of wrath. By adoption, only children of God. Everyone needs to be adopted to be a child of God. And this is how we observe and how we experience the profound foreign love of God. The love of God which you've never seen before until you walk into a relationship with Him. I think this is so fitting for Sanctity of Life Sunday. That's why I was so worried. Oh, we're going to have to look at this next week and it won't be on Sanctity of Life Sunday because this is so fitting for Sanctity of Life Sunday that we would talk about God's profound love shown through adoption. Right? Because we don't just uphold the value of life before birth, but we uphold the value of life post-birth. All life is valuable and created by God. And I think, I might step on toes here. Email me at trent at ibc or bethanyibc.com. That's fine, but (laughs) I might step on some toes here, but let me just say it. I think there's a lot of people that say they're just quote-unquote not called to adoption. And then I think in doing that, they're really just blaming God for their own personal preferences and ideals because they don't want to sacrifice in their life. Not saying that's everybody, but I think many do that. That's not not what I'm called to. Is that true or is that what you want? Don't make God the culprit of what you're not wanting to give up. Many, I would say, are called, not everybody, many are called and capable to meet this massive need in our society. It's how, it's one way that we can practically mirror to other people the way that God has shown His love to us. Adoption. Because we see value in that person. And we're showing them the kind of love that we received when He saw value in us to die for us and adopt us. So that's John's exclamation. What kind of love is this? His observation that we are made His children. And in becoming adopted, we see two implications. Two implications for or from, rather, our adoption. Firstly, because of our adoption into the family of God, our lives will not look anything like those of the world. Let's look back at verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Implication number one, we're not going to look like the world. The reason why the world does not know us is it doesn't know Him. We look strange because our Father is strange, and we're like our Father. Just... As God's love is foreign to the world, so is 
his worldview, his actions when he walked on this earth, his lifestyle. Jesus is all-encompassingly foreign to the world in every way. Right? The, the person in the world would say, fight back. Jesus will turn the other cheek. The world would say, climb that ladder. Jesus climbs down the ladder and stoops down to wash our feet. Like, what is wrong with this guy? He is foreign to the ways of the world. The person in the world would say, let's store up. Store up as much as you can make. Make it. Jesus empties himself. Gives generously. It's foreign to the world. And when we become a part of his family, our lives should look also foreign to the world. They should say to us, because we're his children, what kind of people are you? What world, what planet are you from? This impacts every part of what our lives should look like. The world should not know us or be able to understand our ways. Right? Because we don't join all the same hobbies. We don't watch all the same shows. We don't use the same words. We don't spend our money on the same things. We don't treat our spouse the same way. We don't parent the same way. We don't see education the same way. We face conflict differently. We have a different work ethic. Our ethics in general should be different. As God's adopted children, we should also look like a shooting star across the sky. And they say, look at that. Look at that. That's implication number one from our adoption. We will look nothing like the world. Implication number two from our adoption is Actually, before I get to that, I'm thinking about our worship service right now, and us looking different from the world should affect even this, what we're doing right now. Let me, let me expound on that, what I mean by that, for just a moment. I think there's many churches who want to make the worship gathering look so familiar to unbelievers, right? So they would cater to what's comfortable to the carnal man. So our singing would become like a, a concert. You don't have to participate in just watch and observe. Enjoy. The preaching becomes more of a mo motivational TED talk. Little snippets that's helpful for how I can do better with my finances, right? And the hope is that the unbeliever, when they walk through those doors, would feel like, this is something I've, this isn't too weird. This is what I'm used to. I could be a part of this. That's, that's the hope, that it would feel so familiar to the world that they would might as well just keep coming. This isn't weird. But John is actually saying, no, 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 the opposite. The opposite is true. We should be shockingly different and unique from what anything they've ever seen before. 
Our singing shouldn't be a concert for them to sit back and enjoy, but no, it's an exaltation of God Almighty that we are all collectively a part of. The preaching of God's Word is not a motivational talk, but it's literally hearing the words of Almighty God to you. And so the hope for us then isn't that they would say, wow, I'm used to this. I could be a part of this. It's not weird. No, the hope is that they would sit down and say, I've never seen anything like this before. I've got to be a part of it. Us looking different from the world because of our adoption invades every part of what you and I do in our lives. Implication number two now. I just had to say that. Not only will we not look like them, the world, but one day in eternity we will look just like Jesus because we have been adopted into his family. That's verse two. Beloved, we are God's children now. Implication? What we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. When he appears, John is talking about when he says when he appears, he's talking about the second coming, when Christ would return. And at that moment in the second coming, the children of God will be glorified to look just like the Son. <laughs> That's incredible. How, how will we be glorified? Let's consider that for a second because we're not going to share in His divinity. We're not going to become demigods or small little gods. Right? We're not going to share in His authority though He lets us sit on a throne. We're not going to have His authority. We're not going to share in His knowledge or his infinite abilities. No, but instead we will share in, I would say two ways. Firstly, his moral perfection. And secondly, his physical perfection. Firstly, his moral perfection. We will share that. Jesus is, John says, actually just a few verses later in uh, verse 5 of this same chapter. He says that Jesus is perfect morally. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sense. And if you just look up just a few verses, he says, you're going to be like that. When he appears, you're going to look like him. You're going to be morally perfect. In your public actions, flawless. Your private actions, flawless. Your thoughts, perfect. Your interests, undefiled, your passions, perfectly fixated and aligned with the passions that God has. Morally perfect, but not only morally perfect, but physically perfect. Well, I've been working out, you know. <laughs> now, physically perfect, as in your body will not have any flaws, and because we will have physical bodies in eternity. But this body breaks, bruises, and is susceptible to sickness and decay. But one day our body will be without flaw. We'll have no pain, no sickness, <clears throat> no bruises, and no sores. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I went uh, to Crestview 
earlier this week, we got a call from McKenzie, and um, uh, I went, brought uh, Brother Bruce, um, and we went to just go talk with some of the individuals there because somebody had passed away unexpectedly, younger age individual at Crestview, and so we went and just talked to them, and I, and I opened up to this verse. I said, that's, that's not going to happen in eternity with God. Their body shut down unexpectedly, but that's what our bodies are susceptible to. That's what can happen in this body. But I just want to give hope that that's not going to happen in their new body and in your new body. Find hope in that. So, of course, in the the natural question is, okay, so whenever I get my new body, what age is it going to be? You know, like, am I going to be 22? That's when I peaked. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just sticking to the text. The text doesn't say. So, we are going to be perfect as he is, morally and physically. Those are the two implications of our adoption. We won't look anything like the world. We shouldn't look anything like the world. And we're going to, in eternity, look just like the sun implications of our adoption. Now, one application that John gives us, and it's verse 3. What does adoption then mean for us practically right now? Not in eternity, right now. Let me read it, verse 2 again in context. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him one day, because we shall see Him as He is. But today, verse 3, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So some application. If you're adopted, what does that mean today? You purify yourself. If you're his son, if you're his daughter, you purify yourself. Now what does that mean, right? Like, John is not saying that you make yourself clean when you, when you put your faith in Jesus and now you've washed all your sins away. You've purified yourself. That, that, is, that is not what John is saying. In fact, if we just read this book in context, it's uh, chapter 1, verse 9, where John says, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, right? believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So Jesus does the work. We don't do any of the saving, purifying work. Sorry, I, I think I quoted Romans 10.9. 1 John 1.9 is if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. So He cleanses us. That's what happens when you don't look at, down at your Bible. He's the one that does that purifying cleansing in salvation. So John isn't talking about, well, save yourself then. Purify yourself. No. If we go to 1 John 3, verse 3. When he calls, uh, tells us to purify ourselves, we know that he's not talking about our salvation, but our sanctification. That means our growth and holiness, because salvation is only a work of God. Sanctification, that's a joint effort. We work with the Spirit in progressively growing ourselves in holiness. So what John is saying when he says, everyone thus who hopes in him then should purify himself? John's saying that Guys, if, you, if, if you're a part of God's family, 
you should work to live holier lives for Jesus today more than you did yesterday. Until He returns and makes you perfectly pure, work to purify yourself today through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think about my little brother, Nate, who we adopted through foster care. And my little brother (laughs) almost idolizes my dad. He loves my dad. And he just wants to be like my dad in every way. He mimics my dad and my dad's expressions and his actions. He wants to be just like his adopted father. And that's what John is saying here. One day when he returns, returns, you're going to look just like him perfectly. But until that day, work to look like him. Work to look like your adopted father. And that's just the progression that John has in this verse. God's children should not look like the world, verse 1. God's children will one day look perfectly like Jesus, verse 2. So then therefore, verse 3, work to look the most like him that you can. This is exactly Paul's progression of thought in Colossians chapter 3. It's kind of like a sister verse, if you will. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears one day, then you, will, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. One day he will glorify you. Until that day, work to purify yourself. Put to death what is earthly in you. And so, if, if you don't know Jesus today, let me just speak directly to you. I'll tell you the best news that you can ever hear. That without God, if you don't have God in your life right now, without God, you have never seen the kind of love that you could experience. You've never felt it from another person, and you've never given it to another person. His love is unnatural to this world. It's unlike anything you've seen before. Until you're adopted into the family. And then you say, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. So I just invite you. Join the family. Join the family of God. Take upon yourself his adoption. And when you come into this family, you will find unconditional love and belonging in an eternal family. It's truly incredible. And so I invite you to do that. Embrace his adoption. Be a part of his family by putting your faith in him today. And if you don't know what that looks like, that's okay. I've been there too. There's going to be people up at the front love to talk with you and pray with you. If that feels uncomfortable, that's okay. You can talk to somebody else at the pew or come find me after we dismiss today. I'd love to talk to you about being adopted by the most loving father there is. To the Christian We should all be encouraged right now that God loves you so much. And He showed it by bringing you, a foreigner, into His family. And one day He will make you perfectly like Him. How incredible of a day that will be. And so, until that day comes, I'd encourage you, hopefully, you'll be motivated to work to look like your adopted father today, right now, 
Don't be like the world. Make the world say, what kind of person are you? That's our calling as Christians. Let's be the family of God. Amen. Amen. Let me we pray for us. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com.